How are we doing guys? Welcome to Fitter Food Radio. This is episode 139 and it's me, Matt Whitmore and Keris Marsden in the year 2020. Happy New Year. Blimey. How did we get here? Supersonic. Sounds supersonic. Gosh, it does. Where's the flying cars? <laughs> you know? It's funny, I remember when we, you know, when we hit the millennium, the year 2000, and it just felt so like, you know, excited. Yeah, yeah. And then you just always imagine, I don't know, you just think as soon as you go into that kind of the year 2000 plus, you just think super futuristic and and whatnot. But I just I just think we couldn't be trusted with half those things anyway. So yeah, imagine no, yeah. flying cars. I don't think literally. flying cars is a good idea. No, I don't. Definitely not. <laughs> um, so let's, yeah. Um, but yeah. Year 2020, Happy New Year and all of that. I hope everyone had a lovely Christmas, great new year, some quality time with friends and family. And I also hope that you're excited for the year ahead because obviously New Year's resolutions and whatnot. Do you um, think Christmas, this is a bit of a, a weird question maybe, but it's losing its sparkle a little bit and New Year's. Because a lot of the um, traditions that we used to have, I think it's going to change. It's almost like it's it's coming back again. But a lot of the traditions that we used to have have fallen out of favour, definitely with New Year's Eve. Like when was the last time you went to a party and sang Old Lang Syne and did the little yeah. handshake? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were in bed at nine o'clock on New Year's <laughs> Eve. <laughs> and then Christmas, I think people are almost like, I want to get the decks, uh, like putting off putting the decorations up because it's a thing to do and it's, I don't know, it's just like the vibe that I'm picking up I, on I, people. I must admit, like... Um, it's like there's so much hassle around it, you know, like... You know how you kind of assume that everyone loves dogs? Yeah. And then when you get a dog, you <laughs> why, find why, out... Why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, you find out that they don't and you're like, what? Same with Christmas. For yeah. me, I just kind of have always assumed people love Christmas, but I've actually met quite a lot of people that are just a bit like, eh, not fussed. Yeah. You know, I do it for the kids, but I'm not that bothered. And I'm like, what? I love it. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm like, I mean, blimey. I'd put a tree up in October if I could. Yeah, I think I'm being influenced a bit by like my parents who have, have they've lost their kind of they're not as my mum used to be really into Christmas. She used to get all these holly decorations. She used to go and get holly from the garden, bring it in, and and oh. she used to um, decorate all the fireplaces. And then she would paint tw- twigs, go and collect loads of twigs outside, paint them white, and put them all up the staircase with fairy lights. And this was like from the first of December. And then she would have big. We'd have big family events. And now we don't tend to do, we don't have big family events. And this time they both got really bad flu before Christmas. Yeah. And we went round on the eve of Christmas Eve. <laughs> the Christmas tree was like propped up. It was lent, just lent against <laughs> lent the wall. In the corner. <laughs> they were like, we haven't, we, haven't, we haven't had the energy. But what was funny is they obviously <laughs> still felt that they, they had to get a tree. <laughs> yeah. And they went out like at the very last minute, got a tree for a quid, I might add, because I suppose everyone was just wanted rid of them. Yeah. But just like bunged it in a bucket. Didn't even put any soil in, just lent it up against the wall in the corner, like that'll do. And well, I just it just made me laugh. But but to be fair, like you say, they they were real. They were real. But I still love Christmas and you know, I love what it's all about. And I suppose what I love the most is that it's probably the only time of the year that you and I kind of mutually switch off. You know, for a lot of the other the the, the best part of the year, it's very rare we're on the same level when it comes yeah. to you know like either one of us would be wanting to chill out and the other one's like no i've got work to do or vice versa and well is it is that is the only day of the year now that and new year's day i think are the only days when the shops are all shut isn't it so it's like we're only giving ourselves two yeah. days of the year to well, not, we, we not kind be of like... down tools about a day or two before christmas yeah. didn't we and then we didn't do a whole damn lot 
between Christmas and New Year, which was really nice. There were still Amazon deliveries going out on Christmas Eve, though, wasn't there? You mm. could order stuff on the eve of Christmas yeah. Eve. That is crazy, isn't Madness. it? Madness. Madness. But New Year's resolutions are upon us. They're also falling out of fashion, aren't they? Not I know, really. but I like them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand what the problem is. Soon, we're not even going to have this, like... Milestone. The, the years You're going to say that to everything today. The Kevin. years are just. Well, they're gonna, going out of fashion now. <laughs> we're just going to. All the years are going <laughs> to so merge. Last year. It'll be the point where you go, what year are we in? I don't know. If we had Christmas, it went so far. I don't know. Yeah. Christmas became a normal day. We just. No. We, <laughs> well, like, I read a thing the other day about tax returns, and apparently the amount of people that were submitting their tax returns on Christmas Day. Really? Yeah, yeah. I can't oh. remember the number, but I remember it being... Because you would have thought no one would be doing that. No Because, you know, you've got to the end of Jan. Yeah. You know, chill. It's yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Well, or, they might be away or busy in, in January, like, you know, it's yeah. what business you're running, I suppose. Anyway. Well, anyway. Anyway. Back to, back to New Year's resolutions. Because yes. I think they get a lot of stick and I'm not having it. I think they're a good thing. I think, you know, take advantage of elevated motivation. Yeah. Reflection. But, is a good thing to do. I think the time out over Christmas, I definitely have used oh, yeah. to reflect. Yeah, definitely. It was yeah. almost like you were walking around with a mirror. <laughs> you were doing that much reflecting. Who am I? What's my purpose? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why am I here? Have you ever walked, have you ever done this, by the way? Did this as a kid. Have you ever walked around with a mirror under your chin? Like a big mirror, like a bathroom mirror. Not necessarily under your chin, but you put it flat. Right. And it makes you feel like you're walking on the ceiling. Have you ever done that as a kid? No. Oh my God, try it. Okay, cool. Buy me a mirror then. Yeah, I suppose you haven't really got a mirror. You, can, you have to have a mirror. You can take off the wall, a big one, so it covers your entire like chest and you put it in front of you and then walk. And honest to God, it feels like you're walking on the ceiling and you'll walk towards the door and you'll step as if you're stepping. Really? Yeah, because you can see the top of the door, so you step over it. I, d- I remember doing that as a kid. I've never done that. It makes you feel a bit dizzy and woozy after a while. I used to try and actually walk on the ceiling. You know, if you sit in the hallway, we used to use hands and feet either side of the hallway and shuffle up the walls till you got to the very top. You never done yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, like a handstand, you mean? Like a back, back with handstand or? No, so you put both your hands on either wall. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. And yes. your feet, and yeah, you would and like jump up, up and get top, right yeah. up to the top. And yeah, then yeah. My, I always used to try and get upside down. All right. Obviously, when you're kid, Spider-Man. you're you're kind of young, fearless, and a little bit stupid. Yeah, Spider Man. But oh, I might give that a bash now. Actually, I've not. It's been a while. <laughs> I'd like to think I've got more strength now, but I think the fear factor would probably prevent me <laughs> probably fall and break my neck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I explained that in A and E. Well, yeah. what I was doing well, was what it was was <laughs> old to be a kid again. Hey, climbing uh-huh. hallways. Not a care in the world. I know. Pretending you're Spider-Man. Um, but again, back to New Year's resolutions, reflecting. Yeah. There was a lot of reflection though, wasn't there? Probably this year more so than, than any year, I'd say, for you and I. I think a lot of people are because I think we're all getting a little bit overwhelmed with the world at the moment and the way mm. it's changing so fast and it's becoming a little bit kind of fearful. And just our lifestyles are changing so quickly that we probably can't sustain a lot of what we're attempting to sustain in terms of interaction and how much we're trying to achieve and do. And, mm. you know, technology is just ramping up everything. So I think most people are stepping back going, hang on a minute. <laughs> this is not working for me. Yeah, um, Life's flying by. I'm not getting anywhere fast. I'm not feeling like top of my game at all. And we definitely had that kind of moment, didn't we, when mm. we said, oh, okay, before we know it, it's going to be 2021. That will have blinked. And we have to think about, did we do enough 
in that year that we feel happy about and yeah. you know make enough memories do enough things or did we just you know you just kind of fall into the the rat race and then suddenly like you said summer you know it's just crazy how quick it goes i know i mean by far i mean we've probably said this on this podcast a million times but 2019 was the just the quickest year of my life yeah it was yeah, insane everyone, oh gosh it's just it's bonkers really I've been listening to Eckhart Tolle on uh, YouTube. You know, he does a lot of stuff on mindfulness. Oh, yeah. And I've shown you some of his videos. I like him. He talks so slowly and so, and there's lots of pauses that it almost makes you realise how fast we've got with everything. We're almost like, yeah. just give me the information and give me it quick, like cut to the chase. Da, da. Mm. And I actually find him, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I find him so relaxing to listen yeah. to. You almost want to hear like a bit of bedtime listening. Just send you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'll tell you what, right? Speaking of the uh, kind of like uh, bedtime listening, I went around to one of my clients' house uh, yesterday to, to train them and she's got a little boy who's like uh, eight months now. And um, I was like, you know, obviously I love kids. So, you know, when went and said hello to him and in his uh, on his like little play mat and stuff, he's got this, you know, those little like kind of baby tunes like that play the nursery rhymes, but it's like a, like a little doom, doom, doom. Yeah. like that, that I don't know if that was a tune but anyway yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking God this is just really relaxing relaxing yeah. and I thought like there's no reason why we can't listen to this as a <laughs> as an adult as an adult like <laughs> you know you just just lay there and just let it kind of like send you off it was just I don't know there's something about it just really calming you know what well, I mean I, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the previous podcast but your mum got this amazing little glitter like a snow globe with glitter and Santa Claus in it. And yeah. it was on the table at your house and it makes this little whirring noise. It kind of just goes. Mm. And I remember coming home from lecturing and my, my mind's always really kind of like, like, it's kind of weird. You're like buzzed, but you're exhausted at the same time. Yeah. And I remember her showing me this and I just started listening to it. And I just felt like you just feel your whole body relaxing. I was yeah. like, God, this is quite powerful. Like, is it the is it the movement? Is it the noise? I'm not sure what it is, but it's, it's helped me to relax. So we went and got one, didn't we? Yeah. And I'd just sit with it next to me on the sofa and I'd just put it on and listen to the little buzzing noise and feel instantly relaxed. But I noticed I uh, had the window open the other night and it started raining just before bed. And I just absolutely love that. And I'm torn between putting earplugs in because you leaving in the morning and like, you know, neighbours leaving is quite noisy and I yeah, know I'll yeah. wake earlier than I should do but then I was like but this is so nice to fall asleep and you can feel yourself drifting to the rain maybe we need to get you like a uh, a water feature for the room <laughs> you know people normally have it in the garden you just put it in the bedroom I actually joke I would like a water feature in the lounge I think I'd find it really the, the sound would be lovely yeah, I'm sure lovely. not sure it's economical because um, but... what we want this episode to be guys is about I suppose just making the very most of the year ahead you know well, and not... what we've actually done is come up with some tips each, haven't we? So we have. here's my kind of top well, four. But when you talk, let's talk, okay. about, let's talk about you, Karis. <laughs> I don't want what, to talk about me. What, what kind I of things, about me. what were your big, did you have any breakthroughs over Christmas, New Year or no? I want this year to be less shit than last year. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> I'll do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think, uh, honestly, yeah, probably that, really. I think, you know, we spoke about before, I've got my, my <laughs> I'm a simple man. <laughs> That's shit. Um, I think, obviously, I uh, learnt my lesson big time in terms of working too hard. And I think over Christmas, not even just over Christmas, just over the last six months, I've been reflecting on it's quite hard when you 
I'm doing something that I genuinely enjoy doing, but there's lots of components to it. So we could be helping somebody online. We could be helping a group online. We could mm-hmm. be running an event, could be working one-to-one, could be lecturing, writing, and all these things are great at helping people. And I don't think I'd want to do any of those one things on their own, mm-hmm. but I definitely say yes to too many of them yeah. and fill my week very unrealistically. And one thing that I've done in the last six months is is taking weekends off again. Not all of them. I still do a bit of teaching at weekends, but most of my weekends back. And I had not realized how much I needed that. And for the first few weekends that I was at home, I was so restless because I was like, wow, what do I do on a weekend? What do we do? You know? Yeah. And weirdly, I almost can't do the mundane stuff. Like I can't do gardening and things like that. It's almost like I'm too like... Too like high wired. Func- like, sounds like high, high functioning, but I just mean like I'm almost like I'm, I'm too... Yeah, I'm too kind of... Yeah, Wyatt, essentially, too adrenaline-focused. It's like Just do a few burpees in between reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's quite hard work, but it's like I need my mind really stimulated. And then what I've noticed over the last few months is it's gradually stepped down and my brain's come to anticipate that the weekend is when we, we, we relax and we do very little. Then I've started to be able to read, which I haven't read for fiction, on a Saturday afternoon on the sofa, which I couldn't do at first because I was like 100 miles an hour. And I started to look forward to getting a getting the weekend papers and you know we'll put a roast on and yeah. things like that like um so I think for me and I've realized that the reason time is going so fast is is I'm, I'm just kind of committing to too much doing too much you've said the same and also I suppose this is my first tip for everybody else because it's something that I've realized I I absolutely need to do it's I've got to put better boundaries in place mm-hmm. and when I say boundaries it's kind of boundaries between so, so you're moving on to your tips now yeah this is my top tip you've segued onto your tips segued. and loads of people are talking about this I'm not the only one saying you know boundaries are essential for your health but I didn't realize I suppose because of technology and because what we do is as a company we help people and and I love doing that and it's something that I think I've since being a child I've always you know wanted to it was it was homeless dogs at first but and then it was like a a pigeon with a broken wind and wing and then it's like broken wind wind. (laughs) (laughs) you'd find like a bird or a rabbit or anything there's a there's a ibs epidemic in pigeons at the minute (laughs) but yeah you know when you go walking you'd find like animals and stuff i would just part of me would be over the moon because I'd be like, we're going to, we're going to nurture it back to health. Yeah. And, and we'd take in, we took in, like we found a little puppy that had been abandoned in a hedge once with a bag of chips and we nursed it back to health. And, you know, and then when I was older, I think you resumed that role. And I yeah, but the thing is though, like, would you, if you saw an injured snake, would you take it in? How would you know if a snake was injured? Well, I don't know if it was like bent in a funny way or something. <laughs> Limping. You wouldn't do it, would you? <laughs> That's I wrong. I don't feel as drawn to reptiles. You can't pick and choose, you know. <laughs> if if you're helping a creature in need, or you're not. I would. I, I whenever I see something suffering, I want to help it. Oh, and do. I think that's across the board. Yeah. And, but also, then that became friends and family as you got older, didn't it? So yeah. you become that role anyway. And then I've realised that with technology, everyone's always needing help. And then you could spend all day, every minute of every day, helping people. And there's no mm. end to it. So your boundaries is a bit like reading your own resources better and actually understanding when you need to shut down and detach. And a big part of that is is shut down technology because mm. as long as that technology is there, someone's going to ask for help. Yeah. And I think the more hats I've I've started to wear, you know, so teach at a college or have a client base, the more people you're responsible for and the more people are getting in touch. And I think 
I remember speaking to you and your mom about this saying, when I finish a lecture, there's almost a queue of people who have some really valid and important questions. Yeah. And I used to be one of those when I was training, I'd go and ask a lecturer questions, but you'll stand there and you'll be starving and you'll need a pee. And you're like, you know, I've got a train that I need to catch else mm. I'm going to have a 45 minute wait at the, at the station. And I would answer all those questions, you yeah. know, and it, it was, and then I would feel you know, now I've missed my train. Now I'm late home. Now I'm, you know, like it was kind of at the expense of some things that I I needed. Yeah. And that's, but I also see this happen to a lot of my clients who are parents, who are children looking after parents or or have families of their own, looking after partners with jobs where you've got demanding bosses on WhatsApp and email constantly, you know, in mm. touch with you. Like that's, you can't, you, it's really hard to put the boundaries in place. And I think the overriding thing that, that stands behind all this, which I've definitely identified in the last couple of months is it's part of it is slightly narcissistic because you want to have that status. Do you see what I mean? Like you want to be the person that gives them the help. And there's a little bit of ego in that. And part of it is because you care so much what people think of you. So again, yeah. it comes from a little bit of lack of confidence and self-doubt as well. Yeah. And so if you could always be there, maybe you won't always know the answers, but at least you were there. And so again, kind of further upstream of it is like start to, believe in yourself believe you're enough believe in yeah. you know, have confidence in your own ability and then you don't have to be there like 24 7 proving yourself because that will shatter your health yeah no I'm, I'm with you i'm with you i think what we we all need to be better at putting those boundaries in place because that's not saying you should all of a sudden become selfish which which wouldn't happen but at the same time i think if you're always selling yourself short you know, it's going to take its toll. And I think the last thing that you want is to ever kind of feel resentful. Do you, do you see what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I was listening to um, Oprah podcast, which I quite like, and she was saying how she'd paid to put a friend through rehab several times and they just kept relapsing. She said, like, I think it was the fifth time she did, did it through gritted teeth. And somebody that she was speaking to about it said, don't help resentfully. Like, that's quite yeah, yeah. destructive to you. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're going to help, you help with intent, you know, you intend to help and you do yeah. it because you genuinely want to, but don't be the martyr who keeps helping and then going sake, you know, like mm. moaning about it because of your actions essentially. So that I think really does come with those boundaries where you, you feel confident enough to say no. And this is something that your, your mom would sit me down and go, you need to start saying no, you need to start saying, I've got to go and do this now. And your mom's great with that. Her boundaries are like yeah. ironclad, aren't they? She, she just goes, I'm done with this now. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> she a liar. <laughs> yeah. But we've always said, and it makes her a healthier person. Mm. Um, she's always like, I'll help anyone, but I ain't taking them all home with me. Like, yeah. And so she spends some time in her day devoting, you know, hours to the greater good and then she goes home and watches strictly like that's the thing you know and you will you can so, cook the nicest meal and set the table and she's like i'm watching strictly yeah, strictly's on there <laughs> yeah. so what what where are you at with uh putting boundaries in place then so as with all these things with your new year's intentions or goals whatever you have i know what i need to do mm -hmm. and sometimes i'm kind of getting there and there are some days when i'm just like making a right mess of it where I've just let things slip and I've got my phone with me at nine o'clock at night and I'm answering emails and things yeah. like that. So the most important thing is spend a bit of time observing, observing what you're doing and why. And that's mm. what I've done over Christmas. And then start to think about practical things you can put in place. And I said to you, and it's taken me nearly a week to get there. I think I need 30 minutes to an hour in the morning where I'm on airplane mode. 
Just do yeah. not turn that phone on. And I want to start doing some breathing exercises when I wake up. So I normally get up and have a brew and then think about going for a walk or whatever. But I think I'm going to sit and do a little bit of deep breathing. I find music's really good for that. But so maybe listen to some music. I must admit, like I'm quite lucky in that on the mornings that I travel into London for clients, it's you great for me because anyway. I can't go on my phone because yeah. obviously I'm driving. So the first two hours of my day on those days are very, very mindful because I'm still very much sticking to my routine of getting up, having a coffee, standard, um, but just reading my book. Yeah. My phone's still in airplane mode, um, which probably could kick my ass sometimes because sometimes um, I've got to the other end and then seen that a client's cancelled me and I didn't realise. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's my fault for not checking my phone. But I'm like, whatever. So now sometimes I do quickly switch it off just to check text messages, but I don't touch social media, email yeah. or nothing. It's just to make sure it's not going to be a wasted journey. Um, but anyway, nine times out of 10, they don't cancel because I'm amazing and they look forward to what their sessions are <laughs> in. <laughs> and if um, they do cancel, I'm the you, highlight you, of their week. If they do cancel, you've gained an hour of your life. True, true, more time to read. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I start my day with reading a chapter or two of my book and a coffee. Then I get in my car and I either listen to a audio book or the radio. So again, just very, very mindful. Yeah. I actually love my drive of the morning because I've got my, got my coffee. Again, another coffee. <laughs> um, and it's just, yeah, it's just a bit, bit of me time, a bit of quiet time. It's nice and quiet on the roads. And I don't know, there's just something just quite cozy about that it's funny you say that because i've sometimes enjoyed getting in the car and just putting classic fm on and driving and it's very mindful especially when you're driving around kent i think i mentioned this before but some of the country roads are beautiful like you know the big the trees kind of almost form like a tunnel yeah and it's, yeah, it's like that is nice. so beautiful and i'm like god i'm really mindful sometimes when i'm driving because i'm really taking it all in and you know like i have to be mindful because well, i had to crash the car but. we were on a really lovely uh, kind of country lane the other day and the sun was just starting to set, wasn't it? Yeah. Beautiful. It's lovely red in the sky. I said to you, like, I think, I feel like I could just drive for hours on this yeah, road yeah. if it just stayed like this. Yeah. It was just something so lovely, lovely about it. But yeah, I like it. Getting some getting some healthy boundaries in place. And I would also say you kind of bookend the day with it as well. So the, the harder bit is you need to bookend the day. So put a bookend at the start and end to your day. Mm -hmm. And I think the hardest bit is the end of the day. And that's the bit that requires discipline. And it is kind of like leave the phone mm. up to do list. But also something that occurred to me last night was I think I need a pen and paper on the bedside table. And then one of the things over Christmas that I got back into the habit of doing was reading fiction. And we've talked about this before. Some people call it bibliotherapy, you know, but that, <laughs> that escapism was really helpful and the more I've kind of done it, the more I've developed the ability to read again. And in fact, I was reading an article by Nigella Lawson and she was saying that she's an insomniac and she said, I don't think it's important that we read. I think it's essential that we read fiction for our mental health. And she's yeah, like, it's yeah. the one thing that helps me deal with episodes of insomnia and like really stressful days. And I think it's, it's a skill that, you know, if you've lost, you should get it back if you enjoy it. Not yeah, everyone yeah. enjoys reading of course, fiction. Yeah. But again, I know we've talked about it before, you love it as well, but I, I've definitely found myself starting to look forward to go, going to bed again. If I'm really into a book, it really helps me keep those boundaries in place yeah. because I'm like, oh, I want to finish that chapter. Well, we've actually started, because um, we, we, we do enjoy a bit of evening TV, don't we? Just kind of chilling, especially when we found something that we can both agree on, <laughs> uh, which is always nice rather yeah. than one <laughs> of us going, well, go on then, watch that then, you win. Um, whereas now we're going, should we just read? And sometimes we'll just sit in the living room, just reading. 
And that's lovely, yeah. you know, because both, we're both lucky, actually, at the minute. We're both like, really enjoying our book, aren't we? Yeah. And the thing is, guys, like, I used to be that person, didn't I, that was like, oh, you know, I'm not I'm not a book person, whatever, whereas I read more than you now. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's, it's very much the norm now. It's not, Keris isn't surprised to kind of see me with a book in my hand quite often throughout the day, whereas before it was almost like, blimey, like I'm really impressed. But it's very much just part of my my lifestyle now. But like you said, for me, kind of tying in with what you said earlier about trying to kind of feel like you've always got to keep up all the time with everything that's going on with social media. And you'll see a lot of posts about Warren Buffett and all of these successful people and how many books they read. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I should read more books. And then you spend the chunk of money on Amazon and buy all these books <laughs> and then they just go on a shelf yeah. <laughs> with all the others that you've bought randomly over the years and, and, and you don't read them. What's really great actually is I used to read really kind of rubbishy magazines just because I'd be so tired after studying yeah, and reading for work that I would like I want something but now I actually grabbed a magazine for the train the other day and I was like this is literally so bad nonsense <laughs> like, I, I'm brain cells are dying as I turn yeah. each page <laughs> and I was like this is good like I've actually got yeah. my kind of desire for, for a story back yeah, now yeah. yeah so it's a good thing but for me it's like now when I want to learn I'm much more of a, a visual person. Yeah, you watch you know, a film, a, yeah. a YouTube video. I watch videos or I'll listen, you know, like yeah. audio. But now for reading, purely fiction books, loving my Michael Connolly books. Big up Michael Connolly, you're a genius, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> but who knows, I might write a book of my own. What's funny is your mum's kind of followed suit and she really likes it. I love it. how you just completely ignored that. No, but <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, your mum... Yeah, of course you will, man. Yeah, you might do one day. Your mum really likes him. And the only other thing she reads is Mills and Boone. So I'm like, are you now going to switch to Mills and Boone? Me and mum start doing a little book club. Yeah. <laughs> my Mills and well, Boone. my mum only got, in, got into Michael Connolly, though, because of me. And that's why I thought you might get into Mills and Boone. Because she didn't know you got no chance. <laughs> um, but fair play to my mum. Like, when she gets a mission, you know, she, in mind, she's unstoppable, isn't she? She goes around the charity. So she knew that I wanted to get Michael, you know, I was big on the Michael Connollys. So we went online one day and got the list of all of his titles in the order that they were written. So mum's like, right, I've got this list. Bosh, she's going out all around all the charity shops. And do you know what? She only went and done it, didn't she? Yes, yeah, she Found did. every single Michael Connolly title in a charity shop. So cheap as chips. That's your mum's uh, dopamine hit though, isn't she it? She loves it. Give her a task. She loves it. Give her a task in a charity shop. She's all over it. I remember one year we randomly mentioned that we wanted, uh, you know, one of those egg holders that were the shape <laughs> of a chicken. Yeah, she went and, everywhere, didn't she? You know, because like, we were saying like, you know, we all, you know, your mum had one, my mum had one, my nan had one. Everyone just had them in the kitchen. Yeah. So we wanted one almost for like old times sake next to you, you know. <laughs> chicken egg You never holder. guess what? <laughs> Look what I found. <laughs> You were a task of mum. Like Crystal Maze. <laughs> yeah. She loves it. Okay, cool. What's next, your next one then? Next one is uh, intention for this year is to have more nourishing and meaningful conversations. And cool. by that, I mean, again. What's a nourishing conversation then? I don't think I really had that many until I fell ill. And then rather than just. You spend a lot of time moaning and bitching about things. Not you personally. I was going to say. We I, all do. No, we all do. Like we moan about the train being late or the, um, weather. the weather, how much work we've got to do or something, you know, I don't know, politics. Like the headlines are giving us so much to moan and whinge oh, about. Time. And it's very addictive. Time. And we get that 
from the generations before us. So if your your parents were whingers or your nan or whatever, like you can pick it up. And they will, let's face it. We both notice sometimes with our parents, grandparents, they can get into a mode where they just go, oh, God, yeah. you know. Especially nans. Yeah. So so I think <laughs> you can adopt that without even knowing you're doing it. And suddenly you're just, you're just bitching and whinging about people, about things. And you're generating this very negative energy. And I think what I started to notice was when I was, meeting up with friends and going for walks and we started to talk about bigger deeper things just how amazing it felt afterwards so we weren't talking about politics or anything we started to talk about feelings emotions you know the bigger picture what do you want to do with your life how's your relationship going but, do, do you not but feel not in the sense of like whinging about your partner yeah. either it was like a proper do you think the relationship works like you know because let's face it especially partner relationships are a marathon yeah. and, and i just oh, started having i wonder what you say Pat. Mm. <laughs> So it's for you to know to be fair and with you we we do this all the time we do have very meaningful conversations but i think for a conversation to be meaningful it needs to be a be honest yeah but also needs to be open to because we you know we were having a chat the other day weren't we and you were feeling very very frustrated with kind of your symptoms and whatnot and i was trying to offer some kind of I don't know, comfort maybe, like solutions potentially to to a few things that were stressing you out. But it yeah. was a bit of combined stress because you were stressed about your symptoms and stressed about things that you needed to do. And I was trying to, you know, come up with solutions to how, you know, we take the burden off you a little bit. And you were in one of those, yeah, but m- modes. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but. And I was like, for God's sake, like, will you be open to someone trying to help you? Because otherwise this is a really frustrating conversation. And you were like, oh, you're, you're right, actually. I'm sorry. And, you know. Probably said when she went, don't even tell me I'm stressed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but you see what I mean? Like, yeah, I think yeah. for it to be a nourishing conversation, like, it's not about, not just about what you say or the, what the other person says. It's about being open to what they're saying and almost being like, you know, here's something that's on my mind right now. Here's something that's stressing me out, upsetting me, winding me up, whatever. You've then got, when someone turns around and says, oh, have you tried X, Y, or Z? Yeah. You need to be open to that yeah. and you need to actually engage in that side of the conversation as well because it's pretty infuriating when, because we, I mean, we experience it all the time, especially in our industry, because people come up with barriers and then you offer potential solutions, but then they come up with more barriers to those solutions yeah. and it just goes on and on and on. And it's like, hey, we're going to get nowhere fast here because you're just not, you're not open no. to any suggestions from, from from me because you've got it in your head that you're doomed. Yeah. You know, you're the only person that's got this barrier and obstacle in your life. And as a result, no solution can even be considered because you've predicted the future and you know it won't work. <laughs> you're just being stubborn, essentially, aren't you? Yeah. But I think conversations... I feel can... like I kind of just went off on a mad tangent. No, 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 no you're absolutely right. Because conversations, I think, firstly, need to be two-way. There needs to be someone really listening. Mm-hmm. But it cannot just be you venting and venting and venting. No. Sometimes I have these with my dad, especially about Brexit. And it's just oh, like, don't. vent, vent, vent. And then in the end, mum goes, change the subjects. <laughs> I couldn't believe we went out on Christmas Day. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. I walked into into the kitchen and he was in this deep conversation with your brother about Brexit. I know, I know, you can't. And I was a bit like, guys, come on. It's Christmas Day. <laughs> Did you go? Leave it alone. Did you go ding dong merrily on that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but the... Uh, I think conversations themselves can almost be like, the reason we pay for counselling, for example, is to almost go and talk through feelings and meander through them. But you could have a lot of these conversations on a much more regular basis with 
with friends, with family and, and I meet friends and go for a walk and we have some really kind of deep and meaningfuls and we come back different people at the end of that. Mm. But it's made me realise that I wasn't doing that a lot because yeah. I was working hard. And then when you would hook up with people, it would be with you and it'd be over dinner and we'd probably talk about, I'm not saying it's mundane stuff, but maybe we would talk about the business. We would talk about social media or headline. I don't know. You kind of talk about, I suppose, like almost like surface stuff. And a friend of ours went away to Mongolia, didn't they? And said they met this, their daughter was doing some voluntary work there and they, they stayed with her, with the family. Yeah. And because they, were, they didn't speak English and because it wasn't, they don't know about social media, technology, yeah. politics, anything. They were asking questions like, oh, what's the most difficult decision you've ever made in your life? And are you happy? And what do you think your purpose is in life? And all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's like, God, we never ask each other those questions. Yeah, yeah. And I've started to meet up with, with friends who are, you know, kind of, on a very, in a very similar place to me. And then we do talk about these things and then we're kind of like, how's it going? Like, Cause do you not think it takes a while as well to start to realize who these people are that you're going to have these conversations yeah, with? Definitely. Because I genuinely think that you can't necessarily have those conversations with everybody. No, <laughs> we meet people when we're walking the dog, can you imagine? No, no, no. But what, <laughs> what, what I mean by that is, is I'll give you a classic example. A friend of mine, you know, a very good friend of mine, I've known him for a long, long time, but my role to them is probably all, uh, you know, for a good chunk of our friendship has been the person that listens, the yeah. person that tries to help that person. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that's fine because we've always had, and we've had a lot of deep and meaningful conversations, but it's, I mentioned this too the other day, didn't I? It's always kind of been quite one-sided, yeah. which again, like I said, that was absolutely fine until recently where I suppose for the first time I kind of probably, you needed the I path. opened up to them quite a lot more so than I had done previously. And almost immediately I was like, you are not the person to talk about this. Like they just weren't very receptive. Receptive. We're almost a little bit, <laughs> I don't know, just a bit like rabbit in headlights, kind of yeah, like yeah. I don't really know what to say or do because normally it's me yeah. venting to you and you're the person who offers me advice and now it's the other way around. I don't really quite know what to say. So it's not that, you know, we're, we're still very much friends. We're still very good friends, but... I'm like, okay, you're just not the person I can have that kind of a conversation with. And our friendship is much more based on me maybe being there for you rather than the other way around. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, no. I think, I think there's also people, we meet people, um, I wouldn't call some of my friends, some of the people I just bump into on a regular basis where the conversations just stay in this, this area where you almost work through a list. Yeah. How's so-and-so? What have you been doing this week? Yeah. Done that? How's, How's your mum and dad? How's the kids? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Any other days books? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> and it stays very like, a, you know, in that area. And yeah. that's absolutely fine as well. But then, yeah, you're right. But I think you've got to have some people in your life where you're having those really kind of meaningful and nourishing mm. conversations. And if you can't, if you don't have that, it's why you probably end up needing counselling because you need to be able to work through yeah. some of the mess that's in your head. But also it's as a well, mess, but like, it's, it's, it's complex, you know. But we need to make it very clear that, you know, and, and I think I used to be of this way of thinking that counselling was almost a bad thing. You know, if you had to have counselling, like that was that was a negative. Yeah, I think that's changed massively. It's changed though. massively. I mean, it's changed in my head, you know, because yeah. obviously, you know, you, you um, went to see a counsellor, I suppose, the first time was about four, no longer than that. What am I talking I've about? I've a couple of couple of rounds now yeah no but I mean the, the first time you did it was quite some years ago now yeah, we were yeah. living in Stratford-upon-Avon at the time and I remember just seeing how beneficial that was to you and just seeing how helpful it was I suppose for you to speak to someone outside of your usual circle yeah I remember just thinking like wow like 
that's amazing. Because sometimes your usual circle is really influencing your thoughts. And there's lots of things like guilt and emotions like that that will keep you from really identifying what the problem is. Mm. So I think that is, you know, sometimes you need that external person. Well, I think you always need a nice little mixture, don't you? Yeah. You need need that external person. You need some people that are just going to listen and hug it out with you. And then you need some people that are going to be a bit maybe a bit sterner with you and go, come on, have you heard yourself? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, like... And, and and I just I do think you need that that nice little combination balance. that little yeah. balance yeah. But equally, we are very well. I feel very lucky that because I feel like I can talk to you about pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And same. I think you feel the same. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> As we run a business together, we have to, don't we? Really? We do. We, we do. Sure. Cool. So what's next? And on then your my final list? one. Oh. It was going to be. Um, so I had three, and then you had four. So I, had I said. Four. But yeah, mine is two. I like to over deliver. This is a two for one. Um, just, two for one. Two for this last three one. Three for is, two. Buy one get one free. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it is to stop being distracted this year and take back control of yourself. And by that, what I mean is there is just so much noise at the moment in social media, on social media, and within the media, mm-hmm. and it's distracting us from the really important things in life. And it's making us focus on like this, the minor details about things. And so lots of people are coming through New Year's and picking these kind of like micro goals based on some things that they've read and seen. And it, it's not really something that they've considered. Is that right for me? Is this going to work for me? Is this about me? And they're losing sight of the macro goals, like that bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And and this is what, you know, you could talk about fat loss, for example, comes under this banner, the type of diet you're going to follow, the type of training that you're going to do. I don't know, like anything appearance related, <laughs> cosmetic surgery, all these little things, like people are just fascinated by them. What, what celebrities are doing, all this kind of stuff, politics is another example that we're, we're so busy being distracted by that and spending time discussing it, arguing about it and doing these kind of pointless things really as well it might be oh i'm going to give up meat i'm going to go on a low carb diet i'm giving up this i'm giving up sugar and i'm not saying that those things aren't don't have their role and their relevance for people but we're so focused on these tiny things that we're we're distracted massively Mm -hmm. and we're not thinking about the bigger picture and really this year how can you truly make a difference what are the bigger you know what's your purpose what's your your reason for being here and when we talk about everything's coming back to the planet at the moment, everyone's cherry picking little things to do. And I keep going online and I find it frustrating so I have to come offline again. We, you know, When it comes to the planet, we need to transform our entire daily routine from how we travel, how we recycle, the food we eat, the, you know, and, and everyone's kind of cherry picking little bits and bobs thinking, like, you know, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do those little things because they're helpful, but boy, do we make a massive deal out of talking about it and distracting ourselves and then we're not really moving forward with it and when I say take back control what I mean by that is whatever you're trying to achieve right now from a health perspective or if you're 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 really wanting to you know help change your family or your partner or the planet whatever it might be make a difference to your community step back observe a few things and really properly educate yourself. And yeah. I don't mean do that through social media. I don't mean go to the experts on the topics that you yeah. you know, want to, to learn about, to do something about. And even if it comes right back to your body, I was actually listening to John McAvoy, which many people might have heard him. I was listening to John Russell Brand talk about um, 
basically his, his story. I don't actually know his full story. I'm only halfway through the podcast, but he was talking about being in prison and came from, you know, got put in prison for armed robbery. And he was overweight and he was, he'd lost control in that he was in a prison and they kept putting him in confinement because he wouldn't obey some of the, the rules and things. And he managed to basically get hold, get onto a row machine one week. And apparently if you're raising money for charity, you're allowed to train every day in prison. Otherwise it's three times a week. You know that. Really? But it's because they're not allowed to see different prisoners because of conflicts between them. Right. So it's very hard to manage. But if you say you're doing something for charity, then you can go every day. And so he decided to do this rowing kind of challenge for charity. Right. But it turned out he was an exceptional rower. Wow. And someone identified that at prison guard and was like, man, you need to be coached. You're brilliant at this. But what he got through rowing was like he was taking back control of a situation. So he was taking back control of his body. Yeah. He was actually achieving something like changing it taking back control of his mind because he was able to push himself, motivate himself, achieve stuff. And when I was listening to him talk about it, I thought, oh my God, that's exactly what happened to me with running because I was at university, which I was hating and I felt a massive loss of control. I was homesick. I didn't like where I lived. I hated my course. I was in a bad relationship and I just kept looking at myself with like absolutely, absolute self-loathing and went for a run one day with a friend and came back and I was like, what the hell's that? Oh, it's endorphins. And Mm. I was like, I'm going to go back for more of that. But I remember just one week, three runs, I was like, this is me doing something. This is me taking back control of my body, of my confidence, of my ability to breathe, of of my ability to just put one foot in front of the other. And I remember just feeling so empowered by it. And yes, granted, I lost my way and obviously became slightly dependable on it. But... For the next, um, and then that, that was around January, I'd gone back to university and I was like, I can't do this second term like the first one. The first one was horrific for me. Yeah. I can't do this because my dad had kind of negotiated me going back for the second term and giving it one more shot. And I was like, well, if I do this, I've got to try to make it work for me. And off the back of that came changes in my diet, came changes in confidence in lectures, like not being so scared to put my hand up. It was it just knocked on one thing after the other after the other because I was seeing these physical changes and <clears throat> I came back to my re- university room and I remember thinking, I've done a run, now I'm going to do, because, you know, the more you could build up your running, the more confidence I was getting. So it was like five minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah. But then I was like, now I'm going to do some crunches. Now I'm going to do some donkey kicks. I had no idea what I was doing, but, you know, and then more people would go, you look really good. Like you've toned, you toned, you know, and you kind of, you know, that was my journey. But I think we've lost that a lot now, that ability to, there was no social media for me. There was no, not even a magazine told you how to do this. There was no running apps. There was no couch to 10K. I just was like, put a playlist together on a Walkman <laughs> with a cassette. You know, you do your own yeah, yeah. <laughs> mixtapes and make the mixtapes longer so I could run for longer. And then I think, I don't know where I'd seen Donkey Kicks, maybe like Mr. Motivator on GMTV or something. But like... Yeah, probably. No idea, but just knew... What, what that- was that thing that used to be on Sky Sports? Aerobics old style. We didn't even have that at home. Didn't even have no way. No way you'd have that at uni. But it was like put music on for ten minutes and just do something in my university bedroom for ten minutes after my run, and and I built it up from there and built up to like an hour of exercise like slowly. But I think now that's what we're not doing. We're not kind of focusing on ourselves and taking back control. We're logging online and and all of the things we see control us. Well, it's like what's that kind of. uh that meme that kind of went viral when it was like my mind's like a web browser that's got like 15 tabs open <laughs> i've no idea where that sound's coming from or something like that, <laughs> that? and i think it's so true isn't it where we're always like 
kind of got everything on the go. Yeah. You know, we've got like, you know, something going on on our phone and then something on the laptop and then maybe there's a telly in the background. And and there's also, it's so, the information out there is so conflicting that this is where we come back to, you just get distracted with it all. Mm. Whereas if you go, actually... Do, do you not think, like, sorry to interrupt you there, Karis, sure. but um, do you not think we're, we're so easily led yeah. in that even when something's going well for somebody, and, and we've had this question time and time again, and then someone would be like, oh, well, you know, I read in this magazine or I saw this article or a video saying X, Y, and Z. Do you think that's what I should do? And it's like, well, how are you feeling at the moment with the changes that you've made and whatnot? And they're like, I feel absolutely amazing. It's like, right, so why on earth do you want to change that? Yeah. You feel great. Things are moving in the right direction. It's guilt factor. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And and what everyone is doing, this is social media, this is like anyone who's trying to sell you anything is make you feel guilty about about mm. your choices. And this is what drives me mad. I think with the, I was actually the other day and had this big discussion with the students. And in this, in this room was a big mixture of some were plant-based, some were, were um, uh, very low carb because they have Crohn's and colitis and they had to be Some were almost autoimmune diet. So yeah. living on organ meats, big mixture of people in the room on completely different diets who said, this works for me. And I can, could, I could almost identify why it would work for all those individuals yeah, as well. Of course. And I, and we, what we agreed on, we were getting into a bit of a debate about it is we were saying how terrible any Netflix documentary is that tries to make you feel guilty or tries to persuade you a certain way based on pseudoscience. Mm. We won't name the documentary because we're going to do some podcasts on that coming up. We are. So please don't go to Netflix for your nutrition advice. But what we all agreed on was there was just this massive lack of respect for individuals making a choice about something that supports their health and then being able to do the best job of that possible. So if it was that they wanted to go to be more plant-based and we're doing it very sensibly and doing some research about what they might be missing nutritionally. If it was that they wanted to go low carb because they, they're having, they're really struggling to digestively tolerate carbohydrates and blood mm. sugars aren't working. These are not magic interventions that everyone should be doing, but certain individuals feel awesome for making those changes. And we have to respect that and stop trying to make everyone be us. And not that I'm doing that, but, but, you know, like guilt trip people into being, like everybody else, because we are, you know, it's so unique what works for one and what, you know, one man's food is another man's poison. Yeah. It really is. And so I think you have to start to think about some, you know, you have to shut out the noise a little bit. And as I said, go to an expert that you trust. And it has to be somebody who's open to all sides of the story. Exactly. And and really walks you through scales of, of change. It might be, if someone gets, if you get in front of someone and they tell you that if you're not lifting weights, you know, then... <laughs> everything's going to go wrong in your life yeah yeah that's not the right person if you're in front of somebody equally who tells you that carbs are evil that's not the right person you know exactly like i think we've always said that if anybody kind of like just comes out with loads of something yeah vilifies just comes out with loads of these absolutes when it comes to new you know health and nutrition yeah training whatever um it's like yeah no just just move on yeah find somebody else um so your turn now it is my turn but could you uh put your phone on silent sorry. before we uh move on how rude i know sorry uh a big one and this is coming from a, a very much a personal perspective here but i think we could all benefit from this is to do more stuff in person and yeah. i'm incredibly grateful for social media it has allowed us to connect with thousands of people that we never would have connected with before that's amazing it's it really truly is but something that um it's funny like keris mentioned distraction and all the while i'm talking now she's scrolling on her phone 
Somebody has just no, I know, just had an important uh, uh, message come uh, uh, through. Oh, really important Sorry. message, super Sorry. important. Sorry, um, that's what that message was. I just totally outed you, you did. on the podcast. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, in my defence, I'm really good at multitasking. Yeah, of course. So what did I just say? Just talking about doing things in person, oh, yeah. not doing enough things in person. Oh, anything else? <laughs> <laughs> doing more stuff in person. And there. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so what kind of highlighted to me. The, the fact that I definitely want to just see more of actual people in the flesh yeah. was um, the weekend that we ran in um, October uh, 2019. It was our second one. It's like a kind of a three-day event that we do. And we had fitties come from far and wide, you know, Ireland, Scotland, Newcastle, Leeds, absolutely amazing. And we just had the most amazing few days. And it was just for me, like I would genuinely felt overwhelmed kind of just seeing people interact with one another, helping each other out, you know, people that had never met each other before, yet almost had this genuine passion to help one another succeed on their journey and offer advice and tips in, and not in an egotistical way either, like a genuine, like, do you know what, I've been there, you know, here's what I did. I think this could really work for you, you know, and not to sound cheesy, but it was, it was magical you know and even when i talk about it and i think about it i get goosebumps and i was like we need to do this more often you know it's great these people that we've met and we kind of have this online relationship if you will but let's put ourselves out there more where we can actually meet people in person rather than just knowing them as a thumbnail on on social media yeah i will, I will often tell clients like go and look for some local meetups go and look for some clubs uh and, I, and clubs sounds like a cheesy thing to do but some of my clients have joined choirs some of them yeah. have joined exercise classes zumba groups well, even and made like friends volunteering like, yeah volunteering you know like my, my mum honestly like you know when my stepdad passed away i was worried about my mum because i just thought you know like what what's what's she gonna do like how is she gonna like handle this but she threw herself right in there and now she's blimey She's always doing something, isn't she? Yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. made some genuine friends and it's lovely. I'm, and I'm really proud of her, to be honest. And it's great for her. It's great for me because it means I'm I'm not worrying. Yeah, you yeah. know, whereas, you know, I, I was a bit like, oh, God, you know, I don't I hate this thought of my mum being lonely and, yeah, yeah. and all these kind of things. So, But then yeah. also people are very sometimes very nervous about turning up something on their own. Whereas I, I've really reframed that recently because I think you can outgrow, as you evolve from a health perspective and with age, you can outgrow some of your friendships. You just end up on a different page. Not that the, you can always loop back round and sometimes there'll always be the commonality of whether it be school, university, whatever. But you often find that you're very interested in different things. Yeah. And I now feel like a genuine excitement to turning up to things on my own, which I didn't yeah. for years. I used to be so embarrassed and nervous and stuff. Whereas now I'm always like, no, no, go see what you can do. See what you're capable of. What what could you achieve? And yes, yeah, most of mine will be something like, I'm looking at calisthenics class where I'm like, oh my God, try that next week. Nothing about it intimidates me. If I don't like the instructor and, and I'm not made welcome, I won't go again. Yeah. You know, but I'm like, well, give it, you've got to give, give it, it a, a try. Yeah. I keep thinking about a choir, but I can't sing. So that <laughs> might be a little bit different. Yeah, but you could always just like stand at the back and Don't pretend. say mime because the what point mime? of singing is that the actual singing gives you all the endorphins. Not really. I can't mime. Not necessarily. It's the, you know, <laughs> you know it's, this, it's the banter before and after. <laughs> <laughs> But no, your mum's really invited me to look at more volunteering options. I did actually apply to volunteer to help. There was a, a call out to help the elderly take them into town. 
Yes. The ones that live in the villages in Kent, take them into town, take them shopping and things and sent my CV. No one replied. No. Twice I've done that. I did that for food delivery and no one replied. <laughs> to, to be fair, I rang them up and said, look. <laughs> You've she, seen her dress. She's lovely, but <laughs> driving's not a strong point. <laughs> She'll have George Michael on full blast. If the safety of your, these pensioners is, you know... Paramount. Paramount. Find another role for her. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can't even volunteer. <laughs> so that's number one. Number two kind of links into number three, kind of, in a way. And that's like find a, a passion project. Find something that starts as maybe just something for you. And just seeing where it goes. Yeah. You could even look at maybe like a new exercise journey or, or something like yeah, that yeah. As, a, as your passion project. You know, that's even a nice way to look at it. Like I'm my passion project. Like I'm doing this for me. Because I've got a couple of passion projects, I'd probably say at the moment. Uh, one of them I'm not going to say too much about because it's, it's top secret. Just because I want to wait till it's there. But it's very exciting it's moving forward and I'm really looking forward to sharing it with everybody. It's been in the it's been in the pipeline for a long time. It's well it's been overdue. In the passion pipeline. Been in the passion pipeline for a long time. And um I've massively uh procrastinated more than I should have done, but better late than never and all that. Whereas the other passion project of mine at the minute, I would say is is CrossFit. You know, not not to not to go on about it, but <laughs> I'm genuinely loving the experience. Yeah. You know, because I feel like I'm in a very good place with it. Because there was a part of me that always used to think, I like the idea of CrossFit, but at the same time, I think it would be bad for me because I know what I'm like and I'd probably get too carried away with it and then probably like completely, probably bugger every single joint in my body. But I'm I'm a bit older and a bit wiser now and I value longevity a lot more now than I used to. Less attachments. Yeah. yeah, less attachments and also like enjoy the process and and I've left my ego I left my ego at the door a long, long time ago now. So I've got I've gone to CrossFit. There's a lot of things that there's things that I'm good at and there's things that I'm not so good at and things I can't do at all. But at the same time, those things I couldn't do, I can now do, and I'm looking forward to doing them better. And it's it's just really satisfying. And it's also, though, you're meeting people in person, like your first exactly. Event, and so I, I genuinely community. have uh, you know met some really really kind of lot top top guys and girls there. You have some really good chats, good bit of banter. So again, tying in with that kind of seeing people in person, that community aspect and whatnot. So yeah, that's a that's a real passion project for me. So have a little think about that kind of things that you could do that maybe even like like Keris has always spoken about. She she likes the idea of writing a. a a film or film and a book I've got film both in book. my head yeah. but I don't yeah do it that's yeah. your passion project start right. it write the intro I've got like a normal I'll, I'll, I'll do I'll do the forward I've got a fiction <laughs> book, book and then a non-fiction book and I can't decide which one to start I need to stop wrestling with my head well, and just commit to think I? Brain, brainstorm yeah and get on I think it the, I think the, the fiction would be much more therapeutic well this ties in with my next one and then the next one was Stop waiting for the perfect time oh, yeah. to do something because <laughs> when I've got my Beatrix Potter cottage, <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, to write my book, yeah, and you start with the big shed, <laughs> yeah, it rolled the whole road in a shed, didn't he? Always rolled all, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, with a sleeping bag. That's on. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got a shed. <laughs> what, what, what's, it's full what's of your spiders. I'll clear them out for you. Um, <laughs> Just do me wailing from the garden. Yeah. <laughs> So stop, yeah, stop waiting for that perfect time. And that, that applies to absolutely 
anything, whether it's nutrition, training, starting that passion project, looking for a new career, whatever it is, there is no perfect time. And the longer you leave it, you're just going to do what I did with this other passion project of mine. You're just going to procrastinate. You're going to lose time. And the last thing you want is to feel regretful for the things that you did not do. Because the reality is, guys, there's always going to be barriers. There's always going to be obstacles because that is just the way life goes. You know, everyone has them. Everyone has curveballs come their way. Um, so stop waiting for that perfect run up to anything because you'll be waiting a long, long time. And going to wrap up real quick with this one. You did really well. You did yours in like... Well, I didn't really have a choice, did Sorry. I? <laughs> you did contribute to mine. I did. Very, I did. Yes. Very beautifully. Well, thank you, Keras. <laughs> uh, but my final one is to just stop comparing yourselves to others because it's not serving you in any shape or form. Use others and their their successes, their actions to inspire you. Use them to motivate you to move forward yourself. And if you um, find you're not getting that from, then minimize your exposure. Yeah. And, I, uh, unfollow or exactly spend less exactly. time with them or whatever. I just think that, you know, we, we mentioned this at our weekender where I don't think there's anyone out there that when they post things is intentionally trying to make people feel bad, but people are more likely to share the good stuff, to share the highlight reel of their life, be it business, holidays, families. You know, they want to paint this happy, successful picture, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But I just think you need to be able to disconnect from those people, not see that as a negative and just see, do you know what, where I'm at right now, I'm being triggered by these things more so than I am motivated and inspired, hashtag inspired. And yeah, just, just stop comparing yourself, especially to people that you don't actually know and you've never met and they are simply a profile on Instagram or oh, something crazy, like that that you've come across. And let me tell you, We've been there, you know, especially in kind of like lower moments in, in our lives. I think that's when you are more likely to compare yourselves in a negative light to yeah. other people. And, and I just think it needs to stop. And it's something that we've, we've definitely got a lot better at, haven't we? Because we, you think about it though, we've all done it since they say you do it since you enter kind of like peer group school being the worst one. Hmm. But think of how many people you compared yourself to at school. Where are they now in your life? Yeah. Like, nowhere half the time where and <laughs> like the grades and sports all those types of things and i think with adulthood now it's it's even worse because like we said we just have access to it so much mm. and it tends to take more of a kind of career kind of element yeah. or a body composition or a training achievement kind of aspect or you know just popularity generally which is crazy we've gone right back to like yeah. school playground behavior so you're right. You just have to. We well, remember you were like with training. It used to be like, what are you benching? <laughs> yeah. Whereas now it's like, how many, how many Instagram followers you got? Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> like, and I just think it just needs to stop. And you need to just kind of going back to what Kerry's mentioned, really. Like, don't get distracted. Don't let what other people are doing, what take, they're achieving. Take control. Whatever they're doing. Don't let it distract you from you and what you're doing and the path that you're on. We should um, go back to 1999 when there was no internet. Just, well, I think there was internet in 99, was there not? 
Only, only been, at the university campus. Because I ate at school. <laughs> only at the university oh, campus. Oh, well, you, you're from up north. Maybe you didn't know that. there. <laughs> <laughs> we had it down south, love. <laughs> <laughs> Dial up. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I just want to end with that one. So there it is, people. I hope those have helped. I hope you're feeling inspired to kick 2020's ass. Definitely slow it down. Don't overwhelm yourself. Don't try and do too much. Step change and all of that. And of course, if at any point along the way you feel like you could do with a bit of help, give us a shout. Yeah. Holler. Holler at us. We're here. Info at fitterfood.com. Do you remember that Spice Girl song? Nope. Or Fitter Food on Instagram, (laughs) Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. How can you not remember that Spice Girl song? Sorry, Karis. I like that one. Okay. Hope you've enjoyed that, guys. And we will see you in episode 140. Bye bye. See ya. (laughs) 